Start it. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team in. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Okay, okay, okay. Hey everyone, welcome to the Do More Podcast. I am your host, Barrington Williamson. This show is about finding and having real conversations with real people. These are people with real lives, real problems, and real hurdles. But I've chosen not to let those everyday obstacles that we all go through hinder their ability to see a better future for themselves. The guests on this show are not going to all be wealthy. They're not going to all own businesses or even run one for that matter. But what they will all have in common is this unique courage to make deliberate choices to do more. Do more for their families, do more for their friends, and ultimately do more for their future. On this episode, I get the opportunity to speak to my man, Josh Mitchell. He hails out of the Chicagoland area. He and I went to college at Quincy University together, and he's doing some really cool things in the real estate market and doing better for himself. We get a chance to talk about his family, what he wants to leave behind in terms of legacy for his son and possibly other kids in the future, his favorite Bears player, and ultimately what he wants to be known for. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Josh Mitchell. Hey, Josh. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate it, Barry. I'm uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, I wanted to bring you on because people have been asking me to bring on people who I truly thought value the Do More movement. And I've been looking at you for the last couple of years, and I'm sorry that we haven't spent a ton of time on the phone and things of that nature hanging out just so I can prick your brain. But ever since you and I met each other at Quincy, i just been really blown by how you just continue to achieve even in the spite of things that may not be going your way. I know we were playing football together, and you got the collarbone issue, and then you ultimately transferred to go to NCC, North Central College. You blew up there, and now you're blowing up in the, in the real estate game. So I thought it was the time for you to, to really introduce yourself to the people, at least in my community, to know who you are, what you do, what you're about, and then we'll go into some details about your why and things like this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh you know, like you said, we we met in Quincy, and we uh, spent a little time there. I know that you kind of been building this Do More brand, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just, like I said, I'm happy to be on here. My journey just starts at Quincy there with uh, meeting you, and then I transferred, like you said, to North Central College, finished up my last two years of ball there, and then just here in the Chicago suburbs, really just been trying to grow my real estate portfolio slowly over time and, and build that wealth game up. I love it, man. So... Let's take the people who are listening down memory lane. You and I met at Quincy. Um, you got injured there, uh, collarbone, if I'm not mistaken. Talk to the people yeah, about how that that uh, that event changed you, if if at all, and and what you learned from it. Yeah, I mean it was crazy. Like that, you know, I broke my collarbone. You know, it was the second game in the season, um, so I I got the at least medical red shirt that year, which was nice to get that year back. Came back, and then we had the spring game the following year. Went to make my first tackle and and broke it again. So I actually broke my collarbone twice in a matter of a year. So that really kind of just humbled me. And in, in all honesty, I mean, it was you know it, without football, I was nothing at that time. I, I had nothing. That was my whole life. So really, during that time is when I started to think about things differently. What am I going to do after football? What am I going to do 
you know, when football ends. I, I didn't know when it would end, but it was just kind of a wake-up call to, to be injured and, and watch my friends and, and teammates go out there and play without helping. So, you know, I had to kind of formulate a different plan and, and a different game plan for my life, really. So what caused you to, to transfer then? After you took some time to think about what was next outside of football, you ultimately decided to transfer from Quincy to NCC. What was the ultimate decided factor for that? Yeah, I mean, really – just the, the program in, in itself, you know, I, I had some connections at NCC from, I actually started at Illinois State and, and before that, which a lot of those guys helped coach over at North Central. And I stayed in contact with them. They were just telling me how great the program was, how much, you know, growth these players are showing, which I can fully attest to that without North Central and, and making that move, I'm not who I am today. Like, just the fundamentals and how their program is, it really just changed me and affected my life in a a very positive way, and I just want to say shout out. We uh, were SAG Bowl champions, D3 champions last year, so shout out to North Central Cardinals. Absolutely, man. Shout out to the Cardinals. So let's talk about that a little bit because I realize there's not a lot of people who have won anything, and what I mean by won anything is anything sports-related or that athlete mindset where I'm just a winner in general. There's a lot of people who participate, but winning is a whole different thing. So how was it to, to go from a place that wasn't known for winning in Quincy University to NCC winning the Stag Bowl and the D3 championship and things of that nature? Man, it was it was a full 180 for me. I mean, it was completely different. And in all honesty, I mean, it goes back to, you know, you hear it from business people, you hear it from athletes. It's about the people you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with winners, you become a winner, you know. So you have to really know who's in your circle. you got to know who's around you. you got to be with like-minded people. If you're with them, that elevates you. That's what happened to me at North Central. I wasn't a different player. I was, I was the same player. I had the same skills at Quincy and the same skills at, at North Central. And for me to go to a program that was full of winners and the, just the way they practiced, the way they approached the game, the way they approached film, I mean, everything they did was to be the best. So I had no other choice but to step my game up, which ultimately, you know, led to great things for me. You know, I was named an All-American there. I was, I, I did well, but we as a team had success because everybody bought in. Wow, man. And that's a that's a testament to the program, I, I guess, itself. And now that uh, we're in Coronaville time, uh, we all get the chance to sit down and look at the last dance with Michael Jordan. And that's one thing that you can tell about his team and him specifically as a leader, that he just willed his people to do more, and ultimately that just made his team better. So I can definitely see why that, that made you better at NCC. So talk to us Absolutely. about what happened after NCC. You graduate um, with your degree, and now the real work yeah. starts. What's next? Yeah, so you know I met my wife at, at North Central. You know After we graduated, I uh, got into the banking world. I didn't know what I wanted to do after college. I, I really had no idea. I was still trying to figure it out. And um, got into banking because I know there was a lot of different avenues that you could take in banking. You could be, you know, on the lending side. You could be on the retail side. You could be in HR. You could be, you know, whatever you want to do. There's so many different avenues you could take. But I always knew that I, I had a passion for real estate. So my whole goal going into banking was to start as a teller, which I did, moved up to a personal banker. And then after that, I, I moved over to the lending side of things, which is where I wanted to be. So I could actually learn how the underwriting works. I could, I could learn how, how do people buy houses? How are these guys buying apartment buildings? How are, how are people doing this? You know, and you got to learn the game. You have to, you have to know the things to do behind the scenes in order to make it happen. 
That's wild. So what was the biggest thing that you learned when you made that transition to lending? When you realized, like, hey, now I'm in a, the spot that I need to understand underwriting. I understand real estate from the high level. What was that yeah. time that you realized, like, wow, this is definitely the, the place I need to be at? So I don't know if it was the first month or second month, but I had a client come to me, and he said he was buying a property. You know, I, I get that every day in the lending world. That's fine, whatever. But I get his tax returns, and he's got – you know, seven, eight, nine, ten properties, and I'm I'm looking at him, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking and, and trying to figure out what he's doing, and then he gives me his rent roll, and it's like, man, this dude is making ten thousand dollars a month on these ten properties, like and he, he's, that's just his side hustle, you know, like that's just his side hustle. He's he's a full time employee too, so I mean, this dude is making, you know, seventeen grand a month from his job and his rental properties, and I'm thinking. I'm sitting here doing his loan, you know, making this happen for him, doing all the work, and I'm getting paid <laughs> peanuts compared to what he is, right? right. So I got, I'm on the wrong end of it. I got to get into the investing side of things, which is, that was kind of the transition for me. And I, you know, I had a long way to go. I had to save up money. I had to sacrifice, do certain things to get to that point. But that's when it clicked. This is, this is something I need to be looking further into and figuring out rather than just being the lender for a first time home buyer or whatever the case is, like I need to learn the investing game so I can ultimately not work and just have the investments. Gotcha. Now you raised over a small part, but I think that's the biggest part when people look to, to make that leap forward. You mentioned that you realized that you need to be an investor and there's some things you had to sacrifice in order to do so. Yep. So what were some of those things that initially you were like, well, I know that I need to get to one place, so these are the things that I got to sacrifice. What were some of those things, and what caused yeah. you to be okay with sacrificing those things? Yeah, I just always refer back when people ask me this question, refer back to you know, the biggest sacrifice my wife and I made. So right out of college, I was able to buy a condo in Naperville, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. For, it, was, it was a two-bed, two-bath, very cheap condo. You know, I just Somewhere to live right after school. It was, it was a cheap payment. I could afford it with my job very cheap to do whatever so my wife moved in and it was about two three months after that where i told her i wanted to get into investing it was like right after this guy came into my office i was all about it right it was all i could think about and she's like okay so how do we make it happen so ultimately what we did is moved all of our stuff out of that condo and moved into a 600 square foot apartment one bed one bath and rented out the condo that we were living in and that's what really kicked off our journey. I mean, we, we buckled down. We didn't have any appliances. We had no furniture in that apartment. We had a bed, a TV, and two computers for a year. And we just lived. We just we just made it happen, man. Like, it's you just got to sacrifice the way you live sometimes for the future benefits, you know? Yeah. Now, first of all, how big was that apartment? 600 square feet. Listen. <laughs> I swear to you, with, with my wife, myself, not to mention we were just just newlyweds, oh, wow. so we 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 this is our first time really living together. We had a dog. I mean, it was tight, bro. It was tight. How the did you how did you convince her to to do that? I mean, I just really like my wife is more analytical than I am. Like I'm, I, I view myself. I'm kind of the risk taker. Like I'll just kind of jump into something and figure it out as I go. But she wants to see the numbers. So what I did is just kind of I wrote it out and I just wrote out this is what we're you know are paying for our mortgage. This is what I think we can get for rent. And it made sense. You know, it cash flowed. It was able to provide us with extra income while we were still both working. So it just, it made sense. And it, it 
and she was on board. So basically it allowed us to live almost free at the apartment. It was basically covering our, our full rent at the apartment. So we were living for free for a year. That's incredible, man. And I, I want to really hone in on this, this one part. And that's because um, I, I talk to people a lot and they will not make the small sacrifices to live a better life. And again, we all have our own reasons why we don't want to do certain things, but you guys made a, a calculated sacrifice to stay in a 600 square foot apartment. And for people who can't imagine that, that's probably the size of some people's regular room plus a bathroom. Because I used to live in a 575 square apartment. And see, I, you did it. You did it too. You man, did it. I'm telling you, I can see wall to wall with a blink of an eye. It was, it was, it was, oh, yeah. it was crazy. But that's something you got. You got to be willing to do. And um, and it was cool that you and your wife and dog all came to agreement that that's what was next. Yeah. So, so what was next after that? Now you guys got your your first property. You got the the bug in it. What was next? So I mean, that's that's when things kind of got crazy for us because. I mean, I swear my wife thought I was crazy after we moved into the apartment and I said I wanted to buy another property. And she she looked at me like I was I was crazy. She thought this was like a, a one time thing. You would have one rental property, okay, that's fine. But I just got the bug, man. I, I got it and I just wanted to keep going. So what we ultimately did was the some of the money that we got from our wedding, we had set it aside, you know, for our house or, or you know, for future expenses. We ultimately used that money to buy our next rental property. And so then we had two rental properties, then we had three, then we had four, and it just kept building. And I, we're up to eight right now, um, but it just just adding over time. That's amazing, man. Eight rental properties. So what would you, what advice would you give for people who are just starting out um, trying to get their foot into real estate investing? Now that you, you've acquired a number of properties, you did the sacrifice at the beginning, so what lessons yep. have you learned in between that you would recommend somebody making sure that they take note of? For sure. I mean, first and foremost, you know, you have to learn how to do it. And most people won't take that, that first step. You know, you can go into any lender's office and just ask them questions. You know, obviously some are, you know, the older guys, they might have a, a client base already. They might not want to take the time. But if you find a younger lender who, who's eager, who's wanting to learn as well, like, you guys might be able to form that relationship and he's going to tell you what, you know, you need 25% down or you need, you know, X amount of, of money to be able to afford this place or what's your mortgage going to be. I mean, he can answer all those questions for you. So you really got to like dig in and, and figure out, build your team, really build your team. Um, and, you know, and that being said, obviously, once you get into it and, and you get a, a property, always make sure that you have a, a, an adequate reserve amount because things will go wrong. <laughs> things will go wrong. You're going to have to fix things. You're going to have vacancies. I mean, there's things that are going to go wrong. So just prepare yourself and be able to, to weather the storm, you know, when it comes. Now, a lot of people say that, especially like if you listen to uh, podcasts like Bigger Pockets and things of that nature, they always say something's going to go wrong. Why is that? Why is there? Why, is, why must there be something that goes wrong? I mean, there, it, 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 it's just the world we live in. I mean, there's always houses aren't built. To, to withstand any and everything. We can't predict the weather. We can't predict, you know, what we can somewhat predict what the tenant is going to do. But, you know, if you screen them correctly and get a good tenant, you're, you're, you pretty much know. But, I mean, they might break something on accident that you need to fix or, or whatever the case is. Like, there's going to be things that you need. You know, your appliances, you don't know how long they're going to live. Those are things that you're going to have to eventually, you know, replace and upgrade. And if you want to 
have your property, you know, up at the highest rent level, you're definitely going to have to replace those things and, and make sure that everything is in working order all the time for your tenants. Gotcha. That makes sense. And that's understandable. Just like with a car, like you expect to get oil changes and stuff like that. So there's going to be, hundred percent. there's going to be definitely expenses too. So man, I appreciate you educating the people. Now, um, outside of obviously what you're most passionate about being real estate and things of that nature. And obviously we heard now that you went through a, a lot of different things with your shoulder and saw success at NCC, learning from the people around you. But I would assume, and I hate assuming, but there has to be something a little bit more than that. Like there got to be an internal clock that is causing you to want to continue to make risk or do things to, to create a better uh, situation for your family. If you had to put yeah. your finger on it, what would, I don't know, two or three of those things be? I mean, it, it all boils down to freedom. It really does. Like I'm, I've never, I've had the behind the desk job. I've had the clock in, clock out, report to your boss. And it just, it just ate at me, man. Like I, I need the, the freedom. I want the, I want the freedom. I want to live life on my own terms. And I want that for my family as well. I want to be able to pick up and take my son to the park on a Wednesday afternoon when everybody else is working. You know, I want to be able to do, go to his soccer games, go to his football games, do things with him that, you know, and not be stuck at the office. I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to is being able to do life on my own terms. That's that's kind of what it all boils down to. Yeah, and I I hear that a lot. A lot of people say they want that, but few people actually take the steps needing right. to do that, right? So right. what caused you to, to make that next step then? So for people because listening, I, they, yeah. they want to know the, the process. What, what forced you to do that? I don't think I don't think anything, you know. I wouldn't I wouldn't say forced, but I saw success early. I, I saw it work. I saw I saw what it could be with that first rental property. I was, you know, my wife. I'll give her all the credit. Like she was, and I don't know if brave is the right word, but she was maybe naive enough to to believe in me. And we took the first step. And that's that's what it all it takes. You take the first step, and then you start seeing success, and then. Like I said, we had the second and third and fourth, and we're like, man, this is snowballing into, you know, we're making more money from this than we are from our job. So why don't why would we not continue to do this? Why would we not continue to build on this? Because it, it, you know, it's momentum, right? You you start the snowball down the hill, it just keeps going on its own, and then eventually it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Hmm. Okay, okay. And you've mentioned your your wife uh, quite a bit now with a lot of different answers that you've had. Now, how big of an impact has she? Has she been on you and your journey in terms of creating a better future for you, her, and, and your son? I mean, she's been she's been tremendous. I mean, there's a reason I married her. You know, she's she's the glue. I mean, she she still has a, a W two job right now, and and that kind of helps us. You know, as your, you and your listeners or whoever's listening to this learn, you know, a W two job is it, it makes it 150 times easier to get financing. So she's almost and she loves what she does, but she's sacrificed a little bit by doing that and, and holding down that job for us while we build this, this portfolio. So, you know, it, the sacrifices that she's made and the, the work that she does is, you know, I, I can never repay her for it. That's amazing. Man. That is that partnership. I, I hear a That's lot it. about partnership, whether it be through fiance's wife, husbands, or just uh, friends, making sure you have a support system to always count on. So, and so she has been that for you. So that's, that's incredibly awesome. And you guys have a, a son too, as well. How old is he? Yeah, uh, he just is, turned two in March, man. Ooh, well, that's incredible. Yeah, terrible yeah. twos or no? 
Man, he's he's getting there, but uh, no, he's not he's not terrible yet. But you can definitely tell he's getting opinion on 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 things that <laughs> he didn't he didn't last year with. You know, Does, how how is it being a, a father? I always ask parents that because I hear different answers. At the end of the day, is always most gratifying thing they've ever experienced. But for you, how was a how's being a parent? A hundred percent. I mean, it's there's nothing better in the world. But I'll even preface it. You know, it, there's nothing harder in the world either. It's, it's it's hard. I'm not gonna lie to to you or anybody else that would ask me that. Like, there's days that it it's really hard. But then something happens where you realize, man, like this is so worth it. This is this is the person that you're raising. You you get to mold that person. You get to teach them things that you know. You get to, you know, create their lives in a sense. So you get to help them be who they are. So like it, there isn't anything more gratifying. But there's nothing harder either. <laughs> I can imagine that, especially changing diapers and dealing with the attitude that you know that they're young and they don't know any better, so you're just there to Man. coach them up. That's crazy. And it's it's the sleep, too. It's the sleep. <laughs> you don't get the sleep. That's cr- I need my sleep. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, don't have a kid, then. <laughs> so what, um, ultimately, what, what kind of example do you want to, to leave for your, your son? And I don't know if you guys are planning on having any more, but... Um, as of the situation right now, what yeah. what do you want to do that you will look back in and be really proud of being able to leave for your son and further further your family? Yeah, I mean, you know, leaving that legacy that's that's kind of boils down to to what my why is too. You know, I want him, uh, you know, ultimately to inherit the properties that we have. We have no intention of of really unloading all these properties until you know he becomes of of age and and ability to to inherit these and that just sets his family up and his kids and his kids and you know it just is a you start that legacy in your family and and it just it just goes forever and that it was kind of set you know before me my grandpa and my mom were both entrepreneurs so I got that mindset where it was you know my own business they had their freedom so I had the the first-hand look at man they're at every one of my games it doesn't matter what time it is or you know they're picking me up from school. It doesn't matter what time it is. They had that freedom to do that, which kind of, you know, set the groundwork for why I wanted to to have that freedom for myself too. That's that's crazy because um, a lot of times that's what you hear when you you see younger entrepreneurs and you think about you follow back about their their family is either their mom or their dad or grandpa or cousin. Somebody along came along and showed them the groundwork of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur. So you got that from your, your mom and your, gran- your grandpa? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I really think that's what it boils down to. Once once somebody's exposed to being an entrepreneur and exposed to making money outside of the normal nine-to-five job, they never go back. Once you once you taste it, you never go back. Cause the, there's always an income limit when you have a job. When you're an entrepreneur, there's no cap on that. There's, it's ultimate unlimited commission <laughs> that's how i view it it's, it's unlimited you, you control what you make so you know you you eat what you kill that's 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 powerful man that is truly truly powerful to not have to wake up and talk to anybody about hey can i get this day off or this 100%. month off and then you have no one to answer to man that that is that's really that's scary though at the same time is it not a hundred percent a hundred percent but it's risk reward right i mean if you feel comfortable with the job, I would never tell someone to quit their job and start something right away if you don't feel comfortable. But it, life is too short. You gotta you gotta take some risks in life. And if you just want to be a a nine to five, clocking in, clocking out for the rest of your life, so be it. But 
I, you're not going to be in my circle, that's for sure. Oh, I love it. <laughs> high, 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 high bars said to be around Josh Mitchell. I love it. Um, so tell the people how do you want to be remembered. And I know you talked about a legacy, um, but what are some of the things that you really are passionate about that you want people to know about you and how you want to be remembered? Man, so that's a tough question. I always, I always kind of struggle answering that question. I, like I said earlier, I, I really want to leave a legacy for – for my son and my family and his family. But at the end of the day, like I want to, I want to have so much money to help other people. I mean, I know that sounds corny and that's probably, you get that a lot, but at the same time, like I want to be able to, you know, somebody in need, there's no problem. Somebody needs something, no problem. Like, you know, I want to be able to do that, give back, show my son that the world is bigger than just our family. You know, there's there's other people, especially (laughs) nowadays there's a lot of people that need help right with the coronavirus going on people losing the jobs like there's a lot of things that are happening right now that people need other people like we got to lean on each other and be be there for each other so you know ultimately just setting a good example for my son and my kids you know if we have more um that's that's really what it comes down to for me that's cool man i appreciate you i appreciate you letting the people know it and myself too i learned a lot uh, from you from afar, but listening to you, being able to ask you questions, this has really opened my eyes to to a lot of things. I remember texting you about uh, possible scenarios with real estate, and you you put me on the the HELOC. I was like, wow, this man got some golden nuggets. So there really is levels to this, yeah, man. So I appreciate yes, it. Absolutely, I I love talking real estate with anybody. So if you or anyone of your listeners ever wants to reach out and talk real estate, like I'm I'm more than happy to. Just share what I know. I don't know it all. Believe me, I don't know nearly all of it, but I'm I'm happy to share with uh, anybody and everybody kind of what I do know. That that's cool, man. So uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about Chicago yet, and I wanted to after now. Obviously, recently we had the draft. Uh, for you to talk about like your season with the Bears. How do you think you guys are gonna do? Um, what do you grade their draft? And then, um, if you have a top uh, favorite Chicago Bearian, I don't know. But <laughs> who is your yeah, favorite? Man. Who, who's your favorite player? Yeah, man, I've been I've been a Bears fan. My my family's Bears fans since the day I can remember. I mean, we used to have season tickets when my dad was uh you know around. He they moved to Arizona, but him, my uncle, myself, a couple buddies, and like we used to go to every single home game. So I mean, we we're the diehards, man. We love the Bears, but they. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like the draft this year. I, it wasn't my favorite. I, I don't think it was terrible, but it definitely wasn't my favorite. But we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going probably, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 11 and 5 this year. I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Okay. I'm optimistic. Okay. I'm optimistic. Yeah, I'm optimistic. And then who is your favorite Bears player of all time? Of all time? I mean, I – you know, everybody has to appreciate Walter Payton, but I didn't see him play. So I, I always kind of go with people that I've seen play. Um, and I'm a defensive guy. So I there, there wasn't a better defensive guy on the Bears that, that I've ever seen than Brian Erlacher. So I, I got probably got to go Erlacher. Ooh, Brian Erlacher. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't knock that. He just uh, – he was a one of one of the generation players, man. It just – you can't. You couldn't knock his game. He was just everywhere all the time. Every game gave it his all. He was. He was a bear to his core, man. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, Jim, man. I appreciate the time you you took out for going on thirty minutes. So I again, I really do appreciate you giving me some time, humoring me, answering some of my questions, so the people that who listen to this podcast can ultimately learn something. So 
Where do people find you at? What is your social media handle? How do we get in contact with you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm on all the, the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Realtor underscore Josh Mitchell. You know, Twitter is uh, Mr. Josh Mitchell. And then, you know, obviously on Facebook, just, just Josh Mitchell there. Um, but like I said, you can reach out any, any you know, way you want to. I'm, I'm happy to talk. And, you know, we can, I'll happily exchange emails, phone numbers, whatever you guys, you know, your listeners want to do if anybody has any questions. Cool, man. Again. Thank you so much for your time today. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I hope the Bears do have a really good season. It won't be better than the Bucks, but hopefully. You I guys... mean, <laughs> we we might we might see each other in the NFC Championship yeah. if we have to. That would be that would be something. I'm definitely gonna be there for sure. If we I mean, if, if we, we can be. If, if we if, if that happens, we we're going right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'm, I'm holding you to it. I'm holding Please you to it. Do. I got the season okay. tickets today. I mean, uh, it's cold in weeks. Chicago in, in January. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. It's cold I know. in Chicago. For the Bucks, I'll do it. <laughs> All right. All right, man. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Bryce. All right.